Monkey, how you doing? Yeah, good, thanks, Juddy. Welcome to another big episode of Dork Talk. Yeah, mate, I'm starting to think we're the lucky charm, and that other that <laughs> other poxy podcast was bringing us down. Well, in this week, where the Dockers 10 goals 12, take down the Tigers 10 goal 10, the lucky charm, Mr. Matt Judd, in the stands, watching it live in Melbourne, run us through it. Oh, well, it was a lot of emotions in one day. Uh, it was one of the first Dockers games I haven't been drinking at, and I I was a wreck afterwards and during. Like, I was shaking, um, and I think I sent you a Snapchat after the game, and you could see it looked like I had Parkinson's, man. Um, I was shaking very, very much, uh, and it was it was they were playing so well for three quarters, to, and then you know the shit hit the fan, didn't it? That scoreboard at almost. Only in the first quarter the scoreboard represented the game and then we got on top in the second and it didn't line up. In the third, we, we finally put some goals on the board and then they just came from nowhere and I thought with five or six minutes to go, I thought we're going to lose this by two goals if this keeps going the way it's going, but somehow we, we got through. I was very concerned after the first goal. When Richmond got a goal within the first minute, I thought, here we go. Yeah. Um, and, and, and even more concerning was the fact that we were prepared to try and chip that around and save that game from the get-go of that fourth quarter rather than trying to kick a few goals that quarter. So if Monday hadn't kicked that goal, we wouldn't have scored a goal for the quarter, which is just a crazy yeah. stat. We technically didn't it, score a goal within the sirens. <laughs> it's funny to think that at three-quarter time, you could have stood there and said, all right, we just need one more. Literally, one just more. need one more we to win this need game. one boys. more. Yeah, oh, but in that game, a lot of a lot of the senior guys, which we talked about last week, um, what we needed to do to win um, against the Tigers over there, and we had to come to play, but we talked about some of the senior guys coming and stepping up and really having an impact, and our boy Mickey Walters running through the middle, he's come leaps and bounds. Well, we put the heater on him, didn't we? We said, we're going to need a four-quarter effort from you, and we probably got a three-and-a-half-quarter effort for him, from him, which you can't be too unhappy about considering the guy had 38 touches. Um, and he had 31 to three-quarter time, which is just ridiculous amount of possessions to have in three quarters. Um, but he really turned it on. Oh, and then can we talk about our mate, the recruit of the year in the AFL yet? Mr. Mister Bradley Hill. I... From watching him play at the G, I cannot understand why Hawthorne let him go. He is yep. the master of playing the wings on the G. The amount of run he provided just on the switch and then straight out to him on the wing 
and he was just carving up all of those Richmond defenders and midfielders. Oh, mate, it was it was uh, pretty to watch, I'll tell you that much. Our boys over at Purple Rain, Ducky reckons he's got three ways to beat the Dockers. i got one way. Tag Bradley Hill. Well, I did like that, what Duck said. Stop us in the midfield and basically we fall to pieces. But that that's pretty universal, I think. Um, it is pretty funny when things went tough in the clearances in the last. Well, not funny, but I mean, when things weren't going our way in the last, like you got to win the ball inside to get it to him, obviously. Yep. But even when we're composed out of the back, he, he just gets the ball. It se- He seems to get it far too easy. Yeah. he. he um, the problem is, if, I was, if you were to play against him, you'd be like, oh, you bloody cheater. But he's he does the most running out of anybody. Like, he, he covers some ground. So he's not cheating at all. He's just smart running, and he's a much quicker and more fit runner than everyone else. So he can make up the ground. The amount of second and third efforts he gets on the follow-through on his 150-meter sprint um, is just ridiculous. And then there was one where he got it two or three times, starting in the back flank or back pocket, and he was spent after. We had a shot on goal, and he was on his haunches. It's just because he'd absolutely done a, um, you know, a Kathy Freeman run, basically, um, around the outside of the G. So... Good on him, mate. That's and he had another pretty high meters gain. I think he had four hundred half time, and then had another couple hundred after that. Um, but he's he's on fire for us at the moment. What a pickup! Yeah, definitely. And your boy that you've been calling for a while, Connor Blakely, running around the middle. He had another great game. He really liked it. And, and you know what I really liked in the fourth quarter when the game was on the line, he did some really crucial efforts, particularly late. Like, he did that one where he kept it in on the wing and then brought it back in and hit up a target. And I think that was the one where Gray um, lost the ball because there was a fr- Crozier gave away the free kick. But it was all Blakely, like, orchestrating it rather than just letting yep. Fife do it. Um, I was really impressed with how he stood up personally when it was two points in the game or whatever. Yeah, I really liked his game in the last couple of weeks when a lot of attention goes to Fife. He seems to relish the opportunity. Yeah. For three quarters, we switched the ball like they wanted to switch the ball. For and we really did lower our eyes looking. I mean, I mean our man, DPS was playing, and it didn't seem to go into the 50, at 50 metres high at all. I don't think that happened. Or The only time it happened was when Fife was one out, which is exactly the right thing to do. So <laughs> um, I think they really changed how they played compared to the Eagles game, and it... Made us look a million dollars for three and a bit quarters or three. They could They were very rants conscious. I thought, which yeah. was the right. A couple of times they just switched it sideways, moved slowly, and they just got uh, marks inside fifty at forty. We we missed a couple of tough opportunities, but the goals are going to come, and they're just such better entries when they just go. They seem to get it to half forward, and then they'd go slow and get a good inside entry. Yeah, exactly. Not just shoot yourself and bomb it in. Um, which is the problem, which is what we tend to do. Um, yeah. I thought the forward line, particularly lead up like those get out of jail free, like even Tabner took a few contested clunks again. Um, Kirsten yeah. slips, like, did his, played his role uh, and, and McCarthy sort of played his role too. Probably a little bit quieter for McCarthy from memory, but um, those three are probably going to be a good little uh, triple threat if they can maintain this consistency. Yeah, absolutely. It's Love looking up, this, isn't it? This game. Things are definitely looking up, and we'll, we'll keep moving forward. We'll dive in 
we'll head straight since it's Wednesday. We'll move on to Carlton and we'll start having a look at that game. We've got some big things coming up, Juddy, in the way of ins and outs. We'll start with we'll start with outs first. Out of that game. Oh, there's gotta who, be there's gotta be one who, person putting their hand up, doesn't there? Who our, doesn't have to do their washing too urgently? Mate, our favourite whipping boy this year, for good reason, old Gary Gibbotson, mate. He was just shocking again. And I seem to remember one classic incident where it had to be Spur as well. They both run in, spoil each other, ball rolls over the back type classic Frio Dockers move. Uh, But surely Gary Kipperson needs some time in the waffle. Like, I don't mean bin him, but he needs to get some consistency and some confidence. Yeah, he he was... I mean, Johnson's found uh, found some form and he he took some great inset marks, some good one-on-ones, that one where he's running back and just feeds the ball. That little, that little... Yeah, that was great, wasn't it? He did that, but Ibo's just lost his his touch. um, Lost his mojo. And that, I mean, he... Yeah, he dropped... Dropped Mark, I think he fell over, and then Dustin Martin did the old Yu-Gi-Oh style, put the hand up, oh. just like, I don't know, people can't touch you if he puts a hand up. Went from a two-on-one easy win to, you know, a fumble, a drop mark, and a Dustin Martin goal or whatever happened. It's just like, can you, you are tackle, kidding Can you me. tackle Dustin Martin? Grab his hand. Just grab his arm. Like, you know, you can hand tackle him and pull him down. It's fine. I mean, he fends off more. Like, I cannot believe how many times he'd fend off, and and just like it was, it was like, I don't know, superhuman strength. Like he would, he would yeah. just fend off, and it's so predictable. It's like, oh, he's going to pick up the ball. Boundary lines in front of him. I think he might change direction. And Ibbotson's just like they were so Martin comp, uh, like they were so worried about him when he was <laughs> when they were one on one. Like they were so yeah, man conscious. They were so scared to go the ball. Around Martin, or I would be too on a footy field when that pressure's particularly late. But I don't know; it's, it's disappointing that they give away these free kicks for nothing when he probably wouldn't have taken the mark anyway. Um, yeah. So, so surely, surely Ibbotson has played enough bad games in a row now to go out of the team. Yeah, take a rest, and I think I mean Pierce will possibly hold his spot, but I mean he did nothing to excite us. Yeah, he basically didn't do anything wrong or any much right. Like he just sort of. Played a role and probably got ten touches or twelve touches or something like. He's sort of become like it's almost reverse. He's the young guy that comes in every now and then, then goes back to waffle, and the young guys cement their spot. Yeah. Whereas he's used to being that dude that gets twenty five touches and holds his spot each week, but like sucks. <laughs> and and um, who injured their shoulder? Uh, there that was, was one. Brady Gray. So yeah, so Brady Gray could be a possible out through injury. Yeah. So he might have to have one compulsory change. Well, if Stephen Hill's fit, I was just looking because I was a big advocate of maybe just giving him a week or two on top of that and making sure he's cherry. But it's been nearly thirty days um, since he heard it because of the way of scheduling and stuff like that. So he probably is right to come back in if he passes all the tests. Um, which means that he could come in for Brady Gray. And I think Ballas is the other one that's possibly available if Gray doesn't get up. But he definitely would need a little bit of time in the waffle. Surely one or two games in the waffle just to make sure he's good to go. Um, Ballas needs one or two in the waffle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think he gets put straight back in just with the Ross Lyon style, like just a good servant of the club? You come straight back in for all the time, or does he have to go to the waffle? Well, I think if it was a really important game, he would. But 
No need to rush him. I don't know. Like, yeah, if he's fit and ready, then why not? But surely there's someone else that can come into the team. Like, we don't need him personally in now, do we? <laughs> well, I'd love to see him, and I'm really interested to see how Ballas works when he comes in and plays alongside Walters, and to see how they go. As Mate, the two. bloody Walters is a full time midfielder these days. It'll be interesting to see them swap and rotate and run through the middle and mids and the forwards. Yeah. Like to see them break, you know, because you get the small forwards. I mean, Eddie Betts is obviously one of the prominent ones, but like Walters to be able to go through the middle and then rotate and be so dangerous. He hasn't kicked goal. Well, he has kicked a goal in four games, but yeah. I mean, Walters is still dangerous forward. Yeah. He knows when sticks are, but it'd be interesting to see, like, if that's what Ross Lyon's saying, like, no, you've got to run through the mids and then you've got to get in there on the counter or you've got to get in there and find yourself in a dangerous position and kick a goal. Like, you're not sitting down there waiting to get crumbs. You know, yeah. you know Stevie J's position's done and dusted. Like, it's time to reinvent it. Yeah, I think the way that Walters has played last week and the week before means that we can probably afford to maybe swap him with Fife or something like that. So he goes yeah. into the mids and five comes out, or you know one of the quicker guys. So that um, I, I'm so keen to get five more forward time. Like I think he should almost be nearly half the game in the forward line um, yeah. at times. Maybe not. Maybe not every game. Like he is crucial in the mids, but particularly when he goes quiet in the mids, like when he's getting tagged or something. Imagine one of those pricks tagging him down in the forward line and just, just start up Pagan's paddock, basically, and have just Fifey's paddock. Open the square up. Don't let anyone come back in and go, yeah, all right, if you want to stand on me in the goal square, I'm going to sit on your fucking head, mate. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> well, we isolated him twice. Yeah, um, but he was on, on Rance, who's a very good defender on anybody. Yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely. But and he beat that, him still once. That ability he beat to, him once, then, yeah. Better yet, you've taken Rance. I mean, even if Fife draws him, which isn't great for the contest, it means that they're taking a key defender away from, you know, well, um, old rickety cricket or, or they're changing things up. Which it I also think is means good that, that, key def- yeah, that key defender like Rance isn't trying to pick it off. He's worried about Fife. Yeah, so that's what Rance I probably isn't going to be attacking the ball as much as he normally does when he's playing on Fife or something like that. So um, when we look to the Carlton game. Yep. Sunday what night. Sunday night, yeah, pretty standard. Yeah. Well, I think we're heading into like the middle of the season drought of just Sunday afternoon games. The two forty fixture, classic Dockers fixture, which is four forty. Straight, straight to Claremont after, boy. Yeah, yeah, mate, basically Sunday clubber. Is Sunday clubber still a thing? <laughs> right. They've been saying for ages they're going to reopen it, but I, I haven't been there to check it out. They um they joined up Avenue with Clubber. I went there the other day, and there was you know four thousand eighteen year olds, and they I call, I felt out of they, place a lot. If, if you flashbacks though, but they call Avenue. You spirits uh, of, yeah, of chicks gone past no, floated out into the sky. Yeah, but looking to the Sunday Arvo fixture, what do you think is going to happen? Um. I think it's going to be a really tough contested game. Like I, I this is, but by, by no means I was going to nearly pick him for our roughie, because Carlton are pretty consistently a hard to beat side, but they don't get the chocolates that much, if you know what I mean. So they've beaten a few um, lesser sides, but um, I think they beat Essendon and they beat Sydney when Sydney were down and stuff like that. 
but they're, they're hard the, to beat side. The but, you, but yeah, they are. They're like the the junkyard dog, basically. Like the, the, yeah. they're just hard to beat. So if we can play relatively consistently, like we did for three quarters, and you know, I, I reckon we are an awesome chance to win this game. But by no means, if they rock up thinking it's going to be an easy game because it's Carlton, we might get shocked like we did last year. Um, I'm a little bit concerned, but I think the way that we've been going, particularly playing bad in the fourth quarter, Ross Lyon would be blasting them and not letting that happen again. We'll wait and see, yeah. I guess. What do you reckon? Um, that If we just come up and play again and get a win out of this, which we're, we're possible to do, but I think we're, and you're hesitant, that just young developing team that we could you know, slip up, which is forgiven, uh, can be forgiven, and is understandable. Um, young players playing in a lot of tight games could drop off their intensity, and like you said, a team like Carlton can really pick up the slack. But if we can bring that same effort that we bought three quarters against Richmond, I think it would go more than a long way in getting four points. Um, but yeah, look forward to it. But definitely worried about Carlton. I don't think they're an easy beat. Depends who's been sledging Mark Murphy this week and what's going on with Wayne Gary and his misses. Like he could rock up and just have like 50 touches, kick four goals and like knock three people out. Who's Wayne Gary going to root this week? Um, <laughs> well, you know what? On that, Isn't he rooting what's names misses to, to, to even even out the? Uh, he was going to root Carlisle's misses to just to sort this all out for the boys. All in a day's work for the big duck. Um, oh, there's oh, some good, there's oh, some mate, good stuff floating around about that. I don't trust him one bit. Oh eh? mate, no, nah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't trust him to be in the same state as your misses, would you? You know how you get uh, the ankle. The home things that with the ankle and the GPS, they should get one of them with arches on it, like a leash. <laughs> yeah. So when he when he leaves, arches like, what are you doing, Gary? Where are you going? What yeah. are you up to? Yeah, loving it. He just tags him around. Um, well, that that um, leads me straight into I think a really important segment this week: uh, the MRP, the media review panel. Um, I think it's really important that the media are held accountable, and I'm going to launch straight into uh, to one that was referring to this incident. Um, so Damien Barrett, who I'm pretty sure is on suspension at the moment anyway, um, or if not, he's got a very poor record with the MRP. He uh, he basically came out and was requesting an inquest into the comments made on the ground and said there should be no personal info- insults on the field. It's like. Where do we stop, mate? Like, am I allowed to? Am I allowed to say that was a bad kick, or is that mean? Or should we just wipe out the score and no, no one's feelings get hurt? Surely you can't say racial things, like you know, um, homophobic things. There are a lot of things that you can say. All right, fair enough. That's not not what we want to talk about. But oh, rooted your mum, or rooted your sister, or you know that guy rooted you, whatever. Surely we're we're grown ups. We can get over that. Um, even if it was a sweet rumour that went around. But what do you want, like, have an investigation? So you want, like, handwritten... Imagine, like, handwriting the things that were said on that football field. Like, having to be like, what did you say? And be like, Oof, well, then it begs the question. It's like, well, what, are we just going to mic up every player now? How are we, we going to catch stuff? I think the mic on the field is... They tried to just... I mean, the mic on the field, when Sean got caught um, saying... Saying so you're a retard. <laughs> you're a retard. If I was sure, I'd just be like, I'm not... A, I mean, if kids go out and get sunburned, you don't make them play inside, you make them wear a hat. Like, you, you just get rid of the mic. 
Like, it's plain and simple. Like, Shaw's <laughs> running off. He yells one thing at a player, and they're like, oh, Shaw's this and that. I mean, like, come on. Uh, there like, was a lot of high horsing going on about that too, wasn't there? Oh, my oh. good Lord. The high horse media people. And it, there was a really good... I was listening to Adam Cooney talk about it, and he was like, look... I agree that it's like not the right thing to say and it's pretty disrespectful to a group of people in the community. But he was like, when I was at school, we used to call everyone gay. And it wasn't like, it was a, wasn't a gay slur. Like it wasn't homophobic. It was just like, you're an idiot or that's a bit gay. And that's now obviously not something that gets said very often. But saying a retard, calling someone a retard for something is very much a common saying, whether it's right or not. And it was just sort of the first thing that came to his mind, I think. Oh, definitely. <laughs> he, he wasn't, he's a, he's he wasn't so denigrate. Yeah, he is. And you can understand, you can say, well, fair enough, you shouldn't have said it. On, well, it's not a good look to be said. But I completely feel for him for, for saying something that just came to his mind. And I can't it, believe that, yeah, the mics, the mics have to go. And Carlisle just saying, oh, I heard duck... Duck Kerry rooted your misses. It's like, is that that big a deal? It sort of reminds me of when Desi Headland um, and Selwood oh, had that yeah. massive fight in a derby because Selwood said, "Who's that on your what? Who's that slut on your arm?" And it was his daughter. <laughs> and he got off. He got off punching him in the face for that. <laughs> oh, I got off Cochin style. Yeah. Oh, let's not get started well, on actual MRP. Speak. But anyway. Moving on to mine this week to Peter Ryan, and yep. it goes straight to the Tigers. Um, so just quickly, so Barrett, I reckon um, intentional, uh, very high contact. I reckon that's another two weeks, and poor record up to three. We'll give him three. He can take three, yeah, and he's not going to play like the rest of them. So Peter Ryan's back in back into the tribunal with us for calling once again uh, another Melbourne-based journo calling Richmond a top four. Uh, top two premiership hopeful team. Now, I will probably, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty confident on this, that Richmond have beaten Brisbane, Carlton, Melbourne, Collingwood, and West Coast at the MCG. Like, tell you what, their... tell you what, mate, we were having this exact conversation when Richmond were 5-0, and and I was like, oh, not looking forward to this MCG game that we go to. And then I'm, I'm pretty sure we both said, well, hang on, they've only beaten bloody Carlton and, you know, Essendon and... They've, they've they got absolutely Williton thirds. They've played the Williton thirds, you know, the Joondalup, you know, seconds team. Uh, and they're running undefeated. Like, who would have thought? Yeah, I completely agree. And that's, that's really reckless, I think, by Peter Ryan to say those sort of that's, things. That's reckless. It's intentional. I mean, it's high. Yeah. He's, he's going to have to take it's, two. It's high impact as well. You know why? Because Richmond fans read that and suddenly think they're up and about again. Um, I was, that's what I was going to say. I mean, the Richmond fans have been watching these replays <laughs> all week and they probably need something to cheer about. But, I mean, it does not no good. Mate, the amount of Richmond supporters that gave me their... Um, breakdown of the final quarter and what they should have done and that like they shouldn't have lost that and all these sort of things which was fair in some regards but I was like were you watching the first three quarters you guys were terrible and basically we put out put the cue in the rack and started trying to save the game um so Richmond supporters do not need any encouragement to think they're better than they are um and yeah I think that it is just it's just a, a super reckless piece of journalism so a couple of weeks for you mate you can sit out 
Um, so we'll jump, we'll jump from that. Should we jump straight into the roughies? Well, I think there's one more thing we have to talk about, and it's a good old mate, uh, Robbo Robinson, uh, on oh, AFL yeah, 360. Okay, um, and I, I wasn't the only person to hear this, and I sent fired out about three texts as soon as it, uh, as soon as it happened, saying, Are "You guys watching 360?" So Robbo Robbo has come out and um, basically, as they do their stupid little chat at the start to be really emotional about the weekend, he's gone. Oh mate, I've watched so much footy over the weekend. I watched twenty quarters of footy, four whole games, and I've just sort of gone. Hang on a minute. <laughs> Five quarter games. Um, but yeah, so he's an absolute spud. They surely then, should take that off live even, and edit it or something. You don't even know how much football he's watched. I'm confused. Has he watched 20 quarters or four games? Maybe, um, maybe he watched four games and then watched a, a single or two quarters from that. But I mean, he didn't clarify. But I mean, it's still pretty reckless. It, it, it's really reckless, and it, uh, I think it's low impact. <laughs> it doesn't really impact me too much, except confuse me. Um, <laughs> but I think you're an AFL journalist, and you're talking about how many games. I would assume that he would watch, on average, uh, well over 20 quarters of football. Well, he should. I watch about that every weekend. I, I don't think I was... you can claim you watch 20 quarters of footy. Everyone watches Friday night. You watch a game on Saturday... And you watch a couple on Sunday. If you watch two on the Saturday, then that's easily 20. 15, 16 watched, or 20. I watched three and a half to four games of football on the weekend. And I was I would consider my weekend busy on a quiet one. It, I would watch, yeah. Mate, when, I, when I was up in Central, Central Queensland recording, I nearly watched every game. And I'd, I'd <laughs> watch two at the same time. I'd have one on the TV and one on my laptop. They talk to me then, Robbo, when you're up in Central Queensland, mate. And Robbo, so with the bad history, you've oh, never yeah. had a good history. His record is just terrible for him. So, you know, it probably bumps it up from one game to probably three. So sit out for three, Robbo. <laughs> harsh harsh penalties. Well, let's today. get in. We'll finish with our two segments, two segments that you seem to not be able to lose at. We've got the roughies and the fantasy to get through. Johnny, take us through the roughies. Yeah, all right. So um, I'll just get that, that bad boy up. So the roughies, uh, I, I this week, uh, as a loyal supporter, unlike you, um, got around the old Durpers versus Richmond. I'm pretty sure they were paying $3. Well um, done, Daddy. Uh, I probably should have tried to cash that out at three-quarter time, but, you know, because it's a metaphorical bet. So I've had a win there. Uh, and you went the dogs over the eagles, which I think wasn't a bad bet. The dogs were very wasteful and had it in the last quarter. But um, yeah. but eagles only kicked, what, one goal nine in the second half or whatever it was. Yeah. But um, dogs didn't kick more than that, so... No. The score works. That Eagles won. So, unfortunately, another loss for you. But I've had two in a row now. So, if only we were putting this money on. Um, into the fantasy, uh, you've had another two players not play at all. And mm-hmm. I've, had a, I've had a big win. So, the ab- absolute MVP of AFL reverse fantasy is Nathan Brown. So, his fantasy scores, I'll just quickly run them through. This week, 30. Last week, 16. The week before, 43. week before that, 17. His best score so far is 54. So he's an absolute spud. He's obviously a shutdown defender, but he was number one draft pick, I reckon. 
what yeah, a I mean, legend. this probably goes back to what you were saying before about how many games of football you'd watch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, another win to me. It was a bit close. It was only 15 points, but still undefeated in reverse fantasy and now taking commanding lead of two wins to one in the... Uh, in the Ruffy Club, so uh, Monkey, you're gonna have you're gonna have a lot of work to do this week. Well, okay, we're well, in the Ruffies. I'm gonna go for. I just think that this week, with with the heat that's on them, with everything that's happened, with the hearts being broken, and you know, the media world saying how good they are, Richmond are gonna get up. Yeah. I think they're gonna beat GWS. Four I think GWS got yeah. out of jail against the Bulldogs. They got out of jail against Collingwood. They got all those injuries. I think. The bubble may not be. The bubble's definitely not a burst for GWS. They're going to win like four flags in a row. But I mean, I think this week Richmond are going to get up. Yeah, I reckon that's a really good bet at four bucks thirty-five because GWS have been threatening to lose a few games. Yeah, um, and they the definitely one, are vulnerable. The, the injury one uh, could go either way, but I just think like they could be, you know. I think that, yeah, they've been threatening to lose. So anyway, I'm going to lock in Richmond. Well, I think Richmond would be pretty fresh after the weekend because they basically weren't there for quarters two and three. So, um, 100%. So they've only played a half a game, so they can fly up to Sydney, which is like, you know, a short flight. Yeah, All right, good, good, pick. Game. good pick, mate. Um, so this week, I've, I found it really tough pickings, and I was actually looking at Carlton going, ooh, three bucks fifty, but I couldn't. Couldn't tip against Dockers. That would be so unpatriotic Mm-mm. of me. Mm-mm-mm. So I've gone at, at the absolute polar opposite, and I've tipped against the Eagles. So I've gone for Essendon over Eagles at the – I hope it's at the G. It might be at – no, it must be at Etihad. It's at, Eddie, it's at Etihad. Yeah, so that, that hurts. But uh, The Eagles don't have another game at the MCG. You mm. obviously don't – you haven't been hanging out with enough Eagles supporters to hear them say that. Well, it's because I moved out of Perth, mate, um, and I don't get the West Australian every morning. Um, I used to read the West Australian purely to see what filth they put in each uh, this week. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to go to Essendon at $2.45. I think that's pretty good. Essendon, I've watched that game live against Geelong, and Essendon weren't bad for three and a half quarters. So um, I reckon they can do the Eagles, but it'll depend on how the Eagles sort of rock up, I guess. Um, yeah. So well, we'll wait and yeah. see there. Shout out to... Hopefully a loyal listener who gets this far through the episode, Jared. I, I quizzed Jared about Dockers being able to win so often at the MCG, and that was his response. He was like, well, we don't play again there this year, so screw you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's lucky. So the Eagles luck out in the draw again. What a what uh, dodgy people, probably paying the not only the umpires, but the people that do the fixtures as well, not getting games to the G. Oh, and I hope the Dons can get up. I did watch that game. I do love um, young Tiffin Tiffin Woody. Mate, he is a cult figure. He couldn't go near the ball without um, without the whole crowd erupting. So, have you seen the the football memes where they put Titanic music to it? (laughs) Oh, when he tackles Selwood. (laughs) Yeah, but have you seen the ones they do where they put didgeridoo music to Tiffin Woody's highlights? No, I haven't. That's so bad. Um, So I'll tell you a little story. We were. uh, I was there with Snacks, who's uh, probably one of our four, four or five listeners, and um, he was sitting with me, and I was there with Rob Dog as well. Rob Dog puts his radio in, so basically it's like he's not there. Me and Snacks were just sort of chatting the whole game, and there was a guy behind us who was a Bombers supporter, and he was throwing out so much filth, 
uh, throughout the game. We were basically just laughing half the time. But towards the end of the game, uh, we were talking about how Josh Green's like pretty average player. And he just starts going like, oh, don't let Josh Green out the back. Like he was talking about Josh Green like he was one of the best players going round. And they start to look at each other and go... delisted from Brisbane. From Brisbane, exactly. Me and Sanks look at each other and go like, is this guy for real? Does he actually think Josh Green is really good? Josh Green's in my reverse fantasy side. That's how fucking good he is. Um, <laughs> but so, so then we start like heckling him a little bit. They're like, oh, Josh Green. And this guy pretty quickly shut up and got back in his box. But well, that was pretty funny. So Josh Green's like our new whipping boy for me and Snacks. We're like, oh, don't let him out the back. Don't let him near your missus. <laughs> mate, my mate diehard. Essence bought a Mickey records. Josh Green's no good because he's just got abnormally small arms. He reckons he's really good, but his arms are too... He just, he's like, look at him, look at him, he's look at his arms. He's too short, man. He's got like Mario legs when he runs. Like he's pretty quick. But he thinks he, yeah, he thinks he drops the ball from like his hips. Like that. <laughs> I got saying, a T-Rex. No, like physic- yeah, he's like a T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> he's like can't catch because his hands can't come together too close. Oh, that's pretty Poor good. Josh Green. All right, mate. Let's start. Let's finish off with a little prediction from each of us. So, what's something a little bit crazy can be on field or off field this week that you reckon might happen? I keep saying it, and I would just it would I would love it to happen, but it's I won't put it in this week. I would just love Rickety Cricket to kick a massive bag. You can you can put that in this week. What do you mean you won't put nah, that in this week? Nah, better yet. I'll He's going to be playing on my boy Sam Rowe. I'll do I'll do Ballas like what I'd love to see is Ballas come back and, and really be a dominant small forward again. I'd love to see him find some form and really fit in first game. Fit yeah. in fit in that forward line. And even if he just snakes two or three, but he just gets up to the old Ballas best. Just very good inside fifty pressure. Um, you know, him running around with Walters. I reckon Walters misses him a bit on the field, those two together. Like a little rat pack. Oh yeah, I hope the rat pack gets back together. Yeah. Oh, that's that's not a bad call. Um, so I was going to go something a little bit more off field. Um, there's, there's, there's been a fair <laughs> there's been a fair bit uh, going on this week in regards to uh, Hogan. Obviously, had testicular cancer. He'll be all right, by the way. So they they basically chop your nut off and um, you're fine generally with that type of cancer. Um, which is, it's obviously not an ideal thing to happen, but like they were predicting it'd be back in three or four weeks. So um, people can stop over-dramatizing that to make media stories. That's next week's MRP, I think. Mm, um, definitely. But um, I mean, I'll confirm the medical facts on that as well. Yeah, maybe Hogan can, can text in some medical questions about his nuts, but not, <laughs> oh, not about his cancer, more about like when he's rooting yeah. or something. <laughs> General nut questions. How is, he discovered is he, it? Is he as fertile? Yeah. Um, so I think something's going to happen this week with some sort of uh, sledging and they're going to go over the top. So I really hope uh, something happens on field and someone says something about Kerry again and Kerry just gets thrown under the bus. Um, but I think it'll probably come from like I'm looking at Brady Gray whispering something in Mark Murphy's ear if he plays. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Because he doesn't mind whispering in the in the odd ear, does Brady? Well, I mean, people people seem to forget that apparently Murphy went over and spat on him when he was injured. Yeah, oh, he went over like, and stood over him. I don't know if he spat on him, but yeah. Well, that's what. Well, that's, I'm, I'm happy well, to spread that rumor, mate. I'm all about spreading these rumors. Well, so. no one said that. No one specifically said 
I, you know, they're obviously reading, like, you know that they're saying that Kerry's ruined your wife, but the vision of him running over, and that's when the fight kicks off. So maybe the players are like, look, Murphy, it's boys' club here. Like, you cough a bit of sledging and you move on. You know, like, don't go spitting on an injured player. Like, if he spat on um, Carlo when he's down and injured in a lot of pain, yeah, I mean, maybe the players will come out and they could do that, Jody. Well, I hope so. Um, I reckon Gray could do it. I reckon Gray will whisper it so that no one else can hear. No microphones can hear. And then what will happen? He'll, just be, he'll be like, no, I didn't say that. Sir. Maybe, maybe Ballas will say it and get like double 50 metre goals and yeah. both our predictions come or true. Get double gold. So like, you know, when you kick it and then you get belted. So they give you two goals. Love yeah. that one. Um, yeah, all right. All right, well, mate, on that note, I'll, um, oh, how, am I, how are we going to post this? You're the main man. <laughs> no, we'll get it to podcast. I'll give you my login. We'll get it on. We'll get and it on. And our loyal listeners, that's where that, all the subscribe listeners, like, view, yeah. share. Yeah, oh, you got to share. you gotta, you got to uh, rate, review, and subscribe, I think. Um, yeah, absolutely. We'll plug it up, and we'll get a sponsor soon, probably just Rob Dog or Gaz. But, um, oh, good luck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that'd be like bleeding a stone, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> both of those guys. Uh, anyway. Uh, all right, mates. It's been a pleasure, and um, until next time, hopefully the Dockers have a big win for the boys. Definitely. See you next week, Daddy. See you, mate.